Well, good afternoon, Warriors. Welcome to Warrior Urban Talk Radio Podcast. It's your girl, Carly Ree, bringing you the hottest interviews and 10-minute tips from warrior parents, students, leaders, and experts in education and gifted in urban school communities. If you haven't already, go on ahead and subscribe to the Warrior Agency LLC YouTube channel for all the latest videos. Today, our topic is untold stories of Black boys with special needs. Our special guests today are Miles and his mom, Mrs. Mixon. Um, so just a quick backstory. I was actually Miles' middle school center program teacher way back in the day. And, you know, I've kept up with the family throughout the years. Um, I was actually at Miles' um, high school graduation and I um, attended his graduation party as well. So we've been keeping up throughout the years. Um, so his mom was actually at um, my wedding as well. So, and today I'm celebrating 19 months. So uh, I'm really happy for that. So thank you all so much for being here today. Um, so how are you? Tell us a little bit about what's been going on and how you all are doing. Well, we're doing well. Um, we're blessed every day. But um, I would like to start the story off with Miles attending um, elementary school. Um, Miles was in a sped ed class, a sped class, and um, I just struggled. And the thing about it is, not only was I struggling, the school was struggling because this was their first special education class. So Miles was a first grader in a fourth and fifth grade class. And even though his um, disability was the same as other schools, uh, was the same as other students. Um, uh, the uh, social aspect was far different because Miles was so much younger. Can you tell us um, what is uh, Miles's disability and when was he actually um, put on an IEP? His disability was cognitive uh, learning and um, uh, ADD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was your initial reaction to that? I know um, when my son, who was autistic, was put on an IEP initially, even though I was... Um, a speducator and all that, it still was like really hard for me to, um, it was really hard for me to accept at first. And I just don't know why. So it's, I would be interested in knowing like, what was your first, what was your initial reaction when um, Miles was put on IEP? Well, um, Miles has a cousin that they're maybe 10 months apart and the development being a, I'm an older mother <laughs> I'm an older mother so I read a lot of books I wasn't around a whole bunch of kids because I was living my life and reading the books that I've read um, on development the first year of development for your child uh, Miles was kind of lacking as he grew older. The older he got, the more he didn't keep up with where he should have been. So um, I talked to his doctor about it, and his father said, well, you know, everybody learns differently. And I said, I get that, but there are certain levels where you should be walking, talking, you know, and uh, and that came a lot slower for Miles. So I contacted uh, 
And at first I thought he was deaf, but he was just ignoring us. <laughs> and I took him for a hearing test and they would show a puppet when they make a noise and then he would look for the puppet. And so I said, okay, so he's been ignoring us. Um, and then I contacted a neurologist and they did some tests and they told me that Miles wouldn't be a functioning part of society from the tests that they took. But I'm not gonna listen to any human being because God has something planned for me and my family. And I moved on, I didn't give up. I treat Miles like I treat anyone else. And I think that's what has made his development as a young man what it is today. Wow. Well, as and, a black student um, with special needs, tell us some of the challenges that both uh, you, Miles, and Mrs. Mixon, what are some of the challenges that you all have faced through the journey? Well, I've been pretty lucky because all of his teachers from day one have been very supportive and we've exchanged different information and you have to be proactive. And just because there are educators out there, that doesn't mean that they know as well. So that's why you have to, well, did you know this? Did you know that? Um, but the most important part of this journey was an IEP and getting him the right educational material to move forward in his as as a student mm -hmm. what about um what about daycare because right now my son uh won't be able to like well he's in fifth grade now so um with his autism he still needs that like supervision after school and all of that and I remember when he was younger, he was actually like kicked out of four daycares. And it was just because, you know, when his disability manifested itself, they didn't have that level of support. So what type of support were you um, given like with daycare and all of that? Well, um, I've been pretty lucky in that respect as well. Miles had uh, supervised daycare um, till he was 12. Mm. And then his father was uh, ill and he moved back into my home. And um, so while Miles was, while Miles's father was there, um, I taught Miles to uh, and and we and me and his father reinforced him setting his alarm clock, getting up on his own, and his father had to walk him to the front door so the bus driver could see him and wave and say somebody's here, mm -hmm. coming and going. So um, basically. It was a training type thing. And then the daycare support that we had um, was a family member who was a licensed daycare provider. So she made Miles be accountable like the other kids. Mm -hmm. She didn't freak out if he had a meltdown. Um, and she was a very patient person. Yeah. Is that like, is with just being patient and leading with love, would you say that those were, those are things that, um, that family should look for when they're looking for um, a provider? They need the educational background to know what they're dealing with. Um, because sometimes love can erode when you're dealing with a situation that uh, the provider is not used to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, That's a really good point. 
Yeah, I, I made a list of things that um, I had experience with Miles. I mean, like, um, he was with an organization pre-kindergarten and Miles would eat and it would fall out of his mouth. So he would hold his head back, which could cause a choking issue. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, how can we stop this? So we would take a bite and we would just hum a song. And so when he went to school and he was humming, the educator said, we don't allow that, you don't do that. And she was an older lady and she thought that he was playing and I had to sit her down and say, look, this is what's been going on. He lost five pounds because he wasn't eating and it wasn't appropriate for him to hold his head back to swallow. So we go through this process so he can keep his mouth closed and chew at the same time while he hums. Mm -hmm. So it's a, uh, having a spank kid, you have to be creative in some of the things that fit their disabilities to make things work. Yeah. And you, have to, and you have to make a list and you have to, you know, put that on a list and let them, and let the uh, teacher or the provider be aware of what this kid does and what a kid will do and, and how they function and how they might function in a classroom setting. So there won't be any surprises. And so they can be ready to adapt to the situation. Mm, I definitely hear that. Well, who has been your biggest support system through it all? Um, his teachers. Mm -hmm. His teachers. Miss uh, Arell, um, it's only by God's grace that for the most part, I've had wonderful educators to educate me and to educate Miles and put us on the right path as far as what he needed to do, what was his weak points and how, uh, I, I mean, we worked through a variety of different techniques to uh, teach him how to read, to do math, and uh, and that's why he's so brilliant today. As it is a collaborative effort with um, the educators, with the parent, and with family. Well, Miles, what was it like for you in spite of all the challenges um, that your mom has just uh, shared with us? finally making it to graduation day. What did that feel like for you? Um, it, 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 felt, it, it felt pretty good, honestly. Um, of course, I did, I did have some, uh, some uh, uh, tough, tough times and everything. Uh, I, 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 was going, I was going through some, uh, some uh, situations and I was able to like still, still push through it. And and punch and, and uh, punch my ticket into 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 graduation. I I wasn't gonna I wasn't going to like let certain things get get in get in my way. So I just kind of like you know put in that put in that effort of, of making sure I uh, I graduate. And of course, and, and of course, I, I had some I had some support support with that, mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm thankful for that. Wow, I mean, I was at graduation day, and when I tell you, I was in tears the entire time, and they were just like tears of joy because I've seen the journey through um through middle school. And just getting to that point of graduation and you work so hard and um, everything that you and your mom have experienced, it was just, it was a beautiful um, celebration. And I'm so thankful that I was there. I was able to be there with you all. Um, well, like I said, we worked together through uh, a lot in middle school. So tell well, us. <laughs> and, I, 
I would like to say, Mr. Rail, um, I was so uh, I, I've taken a lot of classes. Um, I have a story. There was a young man and he had cerebral palsy and Miles was in the first grade and he watched me and he watched me and he said, excuse me, miss. And I said, yes. He said, why do you do everything for that kid? And I said, because that's my child. And he said, you know, I have my PhD in psychology. And I said, all right, well, congratulations. And he said, if you do everything for your child, they won't know how to navigate through life. What is he going to do when you're gone? Yeah. And I got emotional. It was truly heartfelt. Mm -hmm. And um, from that point on, I prayed about it. I thought about it. And uh, a lot of people thought I was too hard on Miles. Um, you know, he would want to give up. And he would say, people tease me because I'm in a special education program. And I said, you know what? This is how this works. Everybody learns differently. And the reason why that kid is teasing you about being in that program is because he's jealous of the support that you get. Mm -hmm. Because somewhere in his education history, He's not being supported. And you're being loved by your teachers and your family and the administration of the school that you're in because I am there all the time. Mm -hmm. That's true. And with all that love and support, um, we would like to know like where, where are you right now? Because I know um, graduation happened uh, maybe a couple of years ago. So... Yeah. What's going on with um, Miles right now? What's the update? Well, I'm I'm, wor I'm working now. Uh, I work I work at U at UC Health Hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm with I'm I'm with uh, EBS. Uh, I work so, so what I do so what I do there is that so what I do so what so what I what I do there is that. I do, I do, I do a little, a little uh, cleaning in there here, 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 here and there, and I, I talk, I talk to a lot of, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people. Oh. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, nice, nice people there. Okay, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um. First of all, in graduation, Miles was one of the top 10 students in his class mm -hmm. because he was speaking conversational Spanish for the last two years. I thought he was throwing out phrases. Wow. And, and uh, so when you said you were in tears, my blouse was totally wet because I was like, why is he sitting up on the stage? We need a program so we can see what's going on. And that's what was going on. And I guess I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I should have. Um, and that was absolutely amazing. But most of Miles's friends were from Mexico. Mm -hmm. So he was teaching them English and they were teaching him Spanish. Sometimes the Spanish wasn't so good because there were some cuss words in there from time to time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we straightened that out. <laughs> After Miles' graduation, well, before Miles' graduation, there was a lot of work that for the second semester that we had to take care of, like 
the transition program and transition from high school mm-hmm. to young adulthood and the workforce. Right. And so he had an amazing um, manager through the transition program and um, Miles had went to a school where he decided he was gonna do culinary, which was worked out well for me because, excuse me, he can cook pretty good. Okay, so what is he, what's your whipping up in the kitchen, Miles? You Um, ain't that chicken Alfredo? uh, Pork chop casserole, um, carrot top casserole, uh, 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 tuna, tuna fish casserole. Spaghetti, spaghetti is amazing. Yes, and 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 uh, spaghetti, spaghetti is one is one of my favorites. Okay, so I'm gonna need. Okay, so after this, I want to need a little sample. That's just a little side note. I just need a little a little sample of the spaghetti and whatnot. So just keep that in mind, okay? <laughs> that pork chop casserole is the bomb. What? I need a sample. Seriously. It is It is the bomb. We'll have to have you over for dinner so you can try it out. Yes, yes. I need my invite. Please. We will do a social a social distance tasting because I need <laughs> I need to be a part of that for real. But speaking of transition, um, what would you advise for families? Um, what should they be doing right now in order to prepare um, their children with special needs for um, independent living and adulthood? Well, first of all, it starts from the very beginning, like the IEP throughout his educational career. So they can decide what you're going to need uh, to be successful on on their own or as they mature as an adult. Will they always need assistance? In a lot of cases, yes. Um, The uh, IEP will be a gauge for Rocky Mountain Human Services, DBR, to the capability of the young adult. Mm-hmm. And they work as a, in, in a culinary situation or would a knife be too dangerous? Mm-hmm. Um, can they type or, um, or, or, or run errands within the environment that they're in? to uh, make money to help support themselves. And the IEP is good for benefits through like Rocky Mountain Human Services, an organization, a wonderful organization that helps people with disabilities be as functional in society as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if, if your goal is to live out on your own, but you can't balance out a checkbook, they will set up uh, uh, SLS to support that uh, young adult uh, to have an organization come in and take them grocery shopping, uh, help budget their um, their uh, checkbook and that being said along with that there's a guardian that's that's needed someone that has contact the guardian um will make sure he never falls through the cracks so every year you have to fill out an application are you still living in the same place is the client still living in the same place or the young adult, um, um, how often do you have interaction? Where are they working? And who's involved in their life? Mm-hmm. Don't follow through with that. 
as a possibility there might be a warrant for my arrest because they take these things very seriously. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing. So if something were to happen to me, the next person on the list would be his father. Mm-hmm. And his father doesn't have to necessarily be the guardian. Someone else in the family can be a guardian that has the time to put in the work. Also, I have established a team of 10 people. Um, Out of the the 10 people, um, I have my sister, which is an accountant, Mm -hmm. um, a very good friend that is a care provider, um, my cousin that will uh, assist in um, making sure that everybody's on board with what goes on in his life. And, uh, and these are the old folk. Mm-hmm. The younger folk are my best friend's daughter who just got her master's degree in special education. Yeah. And she's a year older than Miles. Another special educator on the team. Amazing young woman. Mm-hmm. His cousin is 25. And she is a resident at Children's Hospital and at University Hospital. So um, um, there are a little bit older cousins that are like in their 40s because Miles is the only male on his father's side of the family mm-hmm. and the only one that would carry the name and um, and his and he's the youngest mm-hmm. so his cousins are considerably older like in their four in their 30s and 40s 20s yeah mm-hmm. and um, and so um, they can kind of keep up with family stuff and and, and making sure in the guardianship is that if Miles had a medical emergency, they, since he has a cognitive disability, uh, he would have support from me or whoever the guardian is to make sure he makes the proper choice and that the medical uh, institution won't decide for him. And that might not be in his best interest. Right. And, and the same with the, the legal aspect. If he were to get arrested for some odd reason, I would be able to step in and find out and help him navigate with an attorney. And that being said, I think parents should always tell their um or family members should always tell their um, young adults with special needs, I want my attorney and I want my parent or my guardian and leave it at that. Because even though police are supposed to be looking at our best interests, they don't have the education to deal with persons with disabilities, be it autism, be it cognitive, be it emotional. And that can go wrong in so many ways, especially for uh, our black and brown young adults. Wow, that was powerful. I'm really glad that you, um, I'm really happy that you pointed that out because there have been so many incidences where um, things have gone wrong Um, with law enforcement and persons with uh, disabilities. So I'm glad that you uh, touched on that. And for as long as I've known you, you have been a very, very strong advocate for Miles. And I just wanted to give your advice for other families who may be experiencing like similar challenges 
Um, I know that some families say that it's been really hard for them to be able to receive like social security for their um, for their young adult who's transitioning into being independent. So um, what is your advice for families who may be experiencing similar challenges um, with their black sons who have special needs? Well, um, their disabilities most of the time is caught early in life. So you start out with your social security early. And if you haven't started out with your social security early, then you get a medical, you, you have to be, um, you have to let your family physician or their pediatrician know what is going on. Mm -hmm. And so there's a record and then you have to get an IEP, which is an educational evaluation program. So that will back it up through the school system. And that's very important. And that's very important for your, for your position because you can give that paperwork to the physician and the physician can read the information and say, okay, so this is why this kid has this, um, um, uh, response to me in this manner, mm -hmm. whatever the situation may be. Mm -hmm. And so it's good for everybody involved to know what's going on. And then they, and, and your physician may have, well, uh, like with ID, uh, ADD, I think this medication is too harsh and it may cause for young men uh, growth uh, in the breast tissue. So let's try this. So it won't be so impactful on his body. Some of this medication might impact the liver, the kidneys, and you wanna be very aware of that. And sometimes that medication is like a light switch. Use the medication and it's like, this is a totally different kid. Take them off that medication and it goes the opposite direction. But we have to have an even balance to make sure that his physical as well as their mental, mental capacity is safe. Mm -hmm. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of research that is involved. And when I started out with uh, a Miles educational career, I didn't know anything. I was stumbling and there were some things that um, the educational institution that Miles was in didn't understand because that was their first SPED class that they ever had. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, and then they had a brand new teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, graduated from college and, and so forth. And so she didn't have a mentor to follow up with while I'm having this problem. I have a kid in the first grade and the rest of my students are fourth graders and fifth graders. And I'm having all kind of issues. And when, and when you have issues like that, because I went to the administrative office for the, uh, and spoke to the school board about this situation, and it took me a year to navigate. And um, everything changed for the following year because I got a family law attorney and I got a, uh, a, a psychologist and a psychiatrist to help say that even though they have the same disabilities in the class, socially, this wasn't appropriate for Miles. Right, right. So, I mean, I've been, it's only been by God's grace that I have been um, introduced to educators uh, and other parents 
to steer me in the right direction because, you know, when a child is in the in in, in special education, they can't, the school cannot call and say, you need to come and get your kid or we will call social services. That is against the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be able to support your family. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been um, horrible situations where Miles said, I was handcuffed today and he was in the first grade. He weighed but less than 50 pounds because he was pretty petite as, as, as a younger child. And when I went to his teacher, his teacher said, mm, by another student? I said, no, this wasn't in play, it was the security. And she lied to me. Wow. I went to the principal and I asked the same thing and he lied to me. Um, there was an incident where um, we had some family law stuff to deal with and the court um, had did an investigation and in the investigation we found out that he was handcuffed by security in the school. Mm. Wow. So, you know, listen to that child's voice Listen to that voice because it is, and, and, and you have to follow through. It's, it's work to have a child and to go through the system, but it's even more work when you have um, a sped kid because they're taken advantage of in so many ways and in so many areas of their life. Mm. Wow. That was powerful. That really hit home for me because um, in my uh, son's school district, uh, we were in conflict. We were in a huge conflict and I had to actually take his school district to court in order for him to um, be placed in an autism school. And uh, thank God that uh, the law was on my side uh, through reading the procedural safeguards and all of that. So um, my son is currently in an autism school um, and his school district is, is paying for that. So I really thank you for sharing that piece because we do have to be aware of what's going on with our kids in school. Because even with me, you know, doing this podcast and being a spectator and being a leader in um, urban school community sometimes, even as a parent of a child with special needs, I still have to be even more aware of what's going on because um, sometimes while there could be good intentions, it's not really good outcomes. You know, there's, there's bad apples in every racial group, every um, professional group, police, teachers, doctors, and that's why it is so important to do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves their children and they do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you're doing this podcast because every parent that I come across that has a sped kid, I am giving them information, but it's up to them to follow through. And if they don't follow through, they'll find themselves in a situation where their kid is way too needy or they won't have an outlet like parent to parent to interact with other parents, to get information, to get um, things for the kids. Like say, if your kid couldn't speak, they had problems with their vocal cords, there is a gadget that they could put through their throat. They can move their mouth and the, 
the, the, what they're trying to say will come out and they will be more understood. And that's where the IEP comes in. Never take anything off of your IEP. Add to it, don't take it off because sometimes there's some regression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speaking of that, looking back, do you have any regrets or things that you wish you would have done differently with Miles? Um, not really because it was a learning process for me mm -hmm. and I've been proactive. I met a young woman. Um, she's the director and probably the owner of the Thrive Center in Aurora. And she too has a, a, a child that, well, a son, a young adult son that has, a, excuse me, um, a disability. Brilliant young man. When it comes to technology, he lays it out. And that being said, he's attending college in Vegas. Wow. At university there. And so there are dreams and aspirations that we have for our kids. Some are limited to their disability. And we know that this is as far as they're going to go. But we still celebrate it because um, some of the medical institutions or educational institutions didn't even think these children could go that far. Mm -hmm. So we have to have hope, we have to steadfast and support and advocate and teach the kids, teach the young adults that can advocate for themselves and even as children advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to speak up for yourself because there might not be someone there to speak up for you. That is so true. I guess my final question is, what has Miles's um, disability meant to the both of you? And how are you looking to inspire and empower others? Well, um, I agreed to be on this podcast because I think it's very important because people of color sometimes don't get the same opportunities and um, materials to move forward for um, their young adults. Miles has participated in a program called Project Search, which um, train kids or train young adults to advocate for themselves on the job. And um, it's a limited program and um, it has, you have to work for that. They interview you and when you go for these interviews for programs such as, as, as Miles was in in Project or a Search, um, you have to put your best foot forward. So you put on your best dress, your best suit, and as a parent, you prepare your kid and the questions that they might ask so they don't have to guess. Mm -hmm. Put that information out there. And um, Miles is, uh, is, is doing well. A matter of fact, we had a major house fire. Our house was, our home was struck by lightning and caught on fire. And um, oh wow, missed two days out of a two-year program. Just two days. I took all the money that I had, and I got him slacks that they wore for the program and the shirts that they that was similar to the program and 
put him right back in it so he wouldn't miss a beat. And so um, while I was trying to figure out where we're going to go, we're homeless, even though I had insurance, you know, there is a couple of days where you're trying to figure things out and what the insurance company is going to do for you. And I relied too much on that because they don't take you by your hand and lead you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. that is so so life, is a, life is a puzzle and in situations dealing with uh, persons with special needs, um, you just stumble through. There are some failures but there are a lot of successes. Wow. So Miles, I'm gonna shoot the same question to you. What is your disability meant to you? And how are you looking to empower and inspire others who um, are in the same, who have um, either a similar disability as you or, um, or really need that motivation and encouragement? I, honestly, I really think that for people who, who may have the same disability as me or different or different from me, should just like em, embrace em, embrace it because it's a part of them. It's who they it's who they are, and for their parents, don't let anyone judge judge, judge their child or, or 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 them because that's just that's just who they are. That's just. That's that's just what they have, and just embrace it, cause, cause because one of these days they, they, they will they will be successful. They they will be successful, disability or not. They they will be successful. So so I would ignore ignore all that all that all that BS uh, all that BS that you would hear from a doctor, chiropractor. Just, 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 just do you embrace it in your, in your, in, in your own way. Now, of course, everybody learns. Every, everybody learns in a, in a different way. But, but that's okay though. That, that's okay though. Because as long as you're getting your education the way, the way you would like to get it, the way you would normally get it. Can nobody, can nobody tell, can nobody tell you, tell you, tell you different. And then when those same when those same people see you see you succeeding in life, all 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 of a sudden they'll be all humble and and and, mouth, and uh, mouth shut. Wow! Right on. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else to say after that. That was powerful, Miles. Thank you so much for that um for that advice and that encouragement. Um, so as we end, are there any final words, tips? or advice that you want to give to um, to our families and people in urban school communities who work with um, our students with special needs? Well, um, I think there are four, for, for educators to go in the special education field, they're, they're unique people with a lot of patience and a lot of challenges. And um, get these parents in there. Uh, some of these parents don't have the support. And so they push all of the issues that these kids have on the teachers. And it has to be a collaboration for these kids to be successful. And everybody has to follow through. Sometimes you have a teacher that won't follow through. So the parent has to clear their throat and, and, and make their voice heard on what this kid might need and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, it is not for the faint at heart by far um, 
And that's why there's group like Parent to Parent. Uh, the Thrive Center is, was a major asset for me and Miles's life because this organization puts uh, several different groups together. If you need support as a parent, yeah, they give you that information. They have you come to a class and for the kids that are really young, they have a daycare provider there, they play with the kids. And for the kids that are older, they ask these kids, what do they want out of life? Um, what can they do to achieve better? Then they teach them how to advocate to support what you as a parent has instilled into, into them. And their voice is heard at the meeting as well by the parents. So if you didn't know a particular issue that your kid was going through, it is laid out to the world and yourself. So you have to follow through. Sometimes parents don't wanna hear some of the things that their kids have to say um, and then when it's laid out there, it's made you accountable. So you have to act on it. Mm -hmm. So the Thrive Center, for those who need help or are stumbling through um, their kids' uh, education from, I'd say, um, from 3 to 21, they have information for you to help you navigate. Mm. Well, shout out to those organizations who are helping our babies. I just want to conclude by saying thank you all so much uh, for being here and for sharing your story with us. It's so important for our voices to be heard and for everyone to join the movement to support our uh, children with special needs. So again, Thank you so much for coming out and sharing your story. Um, our, you can check out our latest videos at the Word Agency LLC, LLC on our YouTube video. Um, and sorry, on our YouTube channel. Thanks again. And um, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Mr.